My name is Clarence Rick Napier, CEO at 321 BizDev LLC, a consulting firm based in Sacramento County, California. 321 BizDev is a sales system and business development company supporting attorneys, CPAs, corporate dental franchisers, independent dentists, home health providers, medical groups, plastic surgeons, insurance brokers, and real estate brokers. I can be reached toll-free at 833-321-3212 or directly at 726-999-0999. Our website is 321bizdev.com. Today's 321biz development podcast guest is Carla Sasser at K Sasser CPA. And Carla's website is virtualcfonow.com. Carla's professional services merges the best of accounting, operations management, and information technology. So good morning, Carla. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. And thanks for uh, being a podcast guest on the 321 Biz Development Podcast. I know you have a lot to talk about, and we are probably going to separate or segment the things you want to talk about in five separate podcast episodes. So I want to thank you for your time. I know you have a lot to say. I want to start this podcast episode with discussing uh, supporting business growth for companies, uh, profitability issues, cash flow management, you know, asset protection, business continuity, and succession planning. I know those are kind of like headliners for a lot of companies And I know a lot Uh of CPAs talk about that. So my first question is what overall business growth, profitability, and cash flow management challenges are companies facing uh, you see as a CPA? Okay, now you you do understand with our current environment, these are kind of loaded questions. depending on what industry you're in and uh, where your company is located. So I'm just going to stick to general, general, general issues that I've seen. Um, but the biggest one I've seen with business growth, profitability, and cash flow management are companies that really have inventories. Um, inventories take a great deal of capital investment. They're in they're expensive to maintain. Um, and depending on what kind of inventory you have, they could be op- they could go obsolete or you could be dealing with spoilage. So a really good inventory management practice is essential for a lot of companies. Got it. Well, thank you for that. And I do understand what you mean by the current environment and depending on what state that you're in. So I do understand that question and, and perhaps on a separate podcast episode, you can talk about the, uh, you know, the, the, the CPA side of that or the information technology side of that, or the operations management side of, you know, regional issues that are going on right now. Right. I'd so here's my, to. yeah, I, I, I think you can probably, help probably more people than many, you know, CPAs out there or or operations managers. So we will uh, definitely let you unleash your knowledge to the public. Okay. So here's my second question. 
did the uh-huh. challenges that you're seeing right now or that you've been you know following for the last couple of years that that these challenges happen right now or did these challenges slowly creep into companies um you know they they've been there all along a lot of a lot of companies will or a lot of entrepreneurs will go into business without a clear understanding of processes and controls that they really need to have in place to be successful um and to be honest accounting and processes and documentation are really when you're starting a new business they are the last thing on a new business owner's mind because they can be quite costly but they are a good investment up front mhm so just just to give you a little heads up on that oh so i see what you're saying you're saying that and i can relate to that cuz i've um i haven't never worked at a startup but i've used to have we used to have startups as clients when i was uh, in corporate uh-huh. america and you could tell where many business owners put their efforts when they were starting up and a lot of times they didn't have like all the manuals created they didn't have all the workflow items written down they were kind of like just doing it because they knew how to do the job but as they began to hire people i saw that they were running they were running into problems because they would have to stop and and do these impromptu training sessions and then they would go back into production That's exactly right. I've seen that a lot. Well, thanks and I know you'll talk about that in a future podcast episode. So here's my uh, question number 3 in terms mm-hmm. of profitability. What are some of the company policies or business identifiers contributing to profitability loss? Poorly written policies really can contribute to to profitability loss especially like i said when it comes to inventory management and even poorly written and followed hr policies those can be extremely problematic as you start to hire employees because you are not only dealing with you know the human side of a business but you're also dealing with a lot of state local and federal regulations So you really have to have all your I's dotted and T's crossed when it comes to those types of policies. Got it. So here's the other side of the coin in terms of profitability. What can you say that you've seen with your current clients where and it's almost like you could, I can probably answer the question for you but there's probably something much different that is done with a company that is is that is uh, working on or experiencing profitability increases what can you say about that well <laughs> i have a perfect example i do have a current a current client that was having the inventory issues uh they they're current, they are an e-commerce store and they were holding a lot of inventory and it was being it was quite costly a lot of obsolescence a lot of stale inventory that they couldn't do anything with and they had a lot of money invested in it and they were trying to find financing to maintain the inventory and it was really a nightmare so finally they went to a strictly drop ship model i mean they had they had the name they had the traffic to their website 
but now they are um, having their suppliers just drop ship orders from their locations to this client's customers. And that really turned them around big time. They have recently been purchased um, for $4 million. So they've gone from a loss, year over year loss for the past five years to profitable and being sold at a great price. Oh, nice. Because I was going to ask you, when you said they had a lot of money invested, uh, yeah. so I, I guess when you say that they they sold the company and and you know for millions of dollars, uh, mm-hmm. that kind of tells me that they were not small potatoes. No, they weren't. Wow. They weren't, but they they managed to dispose of all their obsolete inventory and they just made that one switch to that dropship model and that made all the difference in the world. Wow, fantastic. Here's a question five that I have. What is the effect of mediocre asset protection company uh, policies? And maybe you can explain a little bit about what asset protection and how that what that is and how it relates to uh, businesses. That is a really good question, because when you think of assets, you're thinking of physical assets like a desk a file cabinet, a computer, Um, but assets really encompass more than that. You really have to consider um, digital assets, information assets, and all of these need to be protected because if you're not, just just like you would have fire insurance for your building and facilities, to mitigate any loss. You also need to treat your your digital and information assets with the same amount of diligence and a lot of business owners don't consider that. So, for example, like if, if you are a home health company, a startup, and you're starting to collect medical information on your clients and it's perfectly justifiable you do need this information it is a digital asset but once you collect it you're responsible for protecting it and then with client medical data you're you're stepping on HIPAA laws privacy laws so you really have to be careful or else you're going to get into a whole lot of trouble. Yes, yes. I can. I, I used to work in that healthcare sector, and I, and I recall when the HIPAA laws were coming out, a lot of uh, corporations, especially here in California, were scrambling trying to uh, meet the requirement. <laughs> it was, it yes. was something else. <laughs> yes. So where were the... Where yes, were the really- oh, go ahead. You really have to consider your assets in those three separate buckets mm-hmm. and make sure each is appropriately protected. So where would Whether intellectual where would intellectual uh, property uh, would that also uh, fall into the category of asset protection or would that be more so uh, legal? It would it would no that would be a, that would be considered an intangible asset. Like if you own a copyright or a patent, 
um, you want to make sure that that is appropriately protected because when you think of an asset, if, if it's something you can sell in the future for money, then it's, then it's an asset and you need to make sure you're protected. Excellent. Cause I, I was just thinking about that because I know some attorneys that I speak with, they, they, you know, of course they uh, go to court and they, you know, they, um, you know, talk a lot about intellectual property, but it just dawned on me that uh, in the accounting world, you have to, you know, put a, a value on, you have to evaluate, you know, put a price on, on these, these other assets that are intangible. So that's a great, something that popped in my mind. So thanks for clarifying that. Right. And that is a tricky valuation. Believe me, there, there are experts that do nothing but that. Wow. And see, that's the one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on, as a guest on the 321 Biz Development Podcast is because you have a, a, a broad range of, 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 of knowledge when it comes to accounting and operations and information technology. Because since I've known you, I've come to know that I've come to know that being a CPA is not just this this tunnel vision type uh, perception that I had before I met you. <laughs> well, good. My <laughs> job is done. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my here's my last question, and then uh, we'll talk about how people can get in touch with you. My last question is. What are the best companies doing to make the business continuity process easy and seamless for new owners? Since you did talk about uh, one of your clients uh, recently selling their company. Right. Um, you know, well, that, that comes into a little different bucket than business continuity processes because, you know, once a company buys another company, they're going to start migrating that business into their particular processes mm -hmm. but when you talk about business continuity um say say you have an owner that dies what's going to happen to that business you need clear procedures in place that really document how that business is going to continue into the future even after an owner may pass away um, who's going to be running the show um, what are the processes and procedures that are in place that the new owners can rely on to maintain the success of that business and this is one area where a lot of companies don't even consider this necessary and it's really kind of scary and and it's it's a it's a tough thing because you're talking about you know your own mortality when you're a business owner mm -hmm. so a question that popped in my mind would you would you say and i think i know what your answer is going to be <laughs> would you say <laughs> that a company that had a great in other words if if uh, and I'm, I'm thinking because i i come from the the workflow area as well would you say that a company that had a great workflow and a great uh, process when their business is about to be sold or transferred or like or like we just mentioned uh, becomes a uh, entity to to meet the business continuity um, uh, like guidelines or process? 
would you say that a company is more valuable if they have a great, you know, operation system, accounting system and information technology, you know, platform? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know, but one, you know, one of my favorite shows on TV is The Prophet with Marcus Lemonis. Mm-hmm. And just the way he goes into uh, struggling businesses and fixes them, you know, the process, people process and products, that's the model. So, yeah, it's extremely important. Nice, nice. So, Carla, as we uh, end this first podcast episode, how can people contact you if they want to set an appointment or have a or, or receive a like a, uh, a few you know minutes for a consultation sure they can go to my website that would be virtualcfonow.com um there is a form there to fill out and my and you can schedule an appointment on my calendar there is also an email address there info at virtualcfonow.com that you can contact me through all right, nice. So Carla Sasser, K Sasser CPA. Uh, the website is virtualcfonow.com. And Carla's email address is info at virtualcfonow.com. So Carla, I want to thank you for, for being a guest on this first segment of the 321 Biz Development Podcast featuring your CPA practice. And uh, you have a great day. Thank you. You too. So listeners, if you want to be a podcast guest, I can be reached at 833-321-3212 or 726-999-0999. To learn more about 321BizDev LLC, please visit our website at 321BizDev.com and click the About tab. Again, I want to thank Carla Sasser, a CPA at KSasserCPA.com for being a guest on today's show. Make it a great day.